0: about innovating and transforming company culture all the time, but what does the process of creating a culture of rapid, agile, and digital innovation really look like? How do you identify and enroll key stakeholders in that process? And how do you transform those who are cozy with the status quo into change agents? We will explore those questions and much, much more in today's podcast. But before we begin, I would like to tell you about my team's latest project, which I am really excited about, Monitor Suite. Monitor Suite is Monitor's new subscription platform for exclusive premium equipment finance industry content and much more. It features high quality streaming series like our mini documentary video series, Reels, and Three Minutes, which features three minute videos with industry leaders. Monitor Suite members also have 24/7 access to our entire library of in-depth data reports dating back to 1992, members-only live stream events, exclusive articles, and much more. For more information on Monitor Suite, please visit monitordaily.com/suite. Monitor Suite is actually a project that I've been working on this year during my time in Cohort 2 of Stripes Leadership Program, which just so happens to be today's podcast sponsor. Stripes is a leadership development program for the equipment finance industry. This 10-month program launches with a three-day intensive transformational program and also includes master talks and master workshops from notable industry and leadership experts, working cohort groups with other industry professionals, outcome-driven development sessions, and much more. Stripes has been a phenomenal experience for me, and I encourage you to learn more about the program by visiting stripesleadership.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Rita Garwood, Editor-in-Chief of Monitor. Joining me on the podcast today is Michael LaPierre. Michael is Vice President of Operations and Finance at Meridian One Cap. Michael, I'm so excited to talk with you today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know, Meridian One One Meridian One Cap won the 2022 ELFA Operations and Technology Excellence Award. Um, You were recognized for your project, Boost, which was a multi-year program that transformed your operations, customer service, and workplace culture. Um, In the press release that announced the award, you stated that the project objective started and remains as the drive to exceed customer expectations for service and turnaround times. Um, That press release also said that Project Boost was the first step in creating a foundation for ongoing improvement related to the customer experience and eliminating wasted time and effort across the enterprise. So Michael, you were the lead on that project for your company. Can you tell me about how the project began?
1: Right. So, you know, with that vision in mind, being a leader in customer service, um, you know, SLA excellence, uh, and really becoming an innovator in, in Canada in the equipment finance space, um, drove us to look at our, our, where we were as an organization, um, what our business processes were, you know, what was our operational environment, and um, what our systems were in, and how could we drive that forward? Um, you know, we know you need to be a frictionless business these days. Um, you look at Uber, what it's done to taxi, you look at online banking, online insurance, um, self-serve, being quick, being nimble to respond to your customer needs is is where all industries are ultimately going. Um, I think more of the commercial side is lagging that a little bit, but we are gonna get there, um, I think in the near term. And if anything, COVID's probably sped that up by by several years. So we really looked at what we had in-house, you know, we, we had a lot of software, we had a lot of underutilized systems. Um, we had a lot of really engaged, talented staff. Um, who we're doing the best with what they had and really wanted to grow. So how could we package all that up into a project? What resources do we need to give to them? Um, and how do we support them um, to really take us to kind of that next level? Get us set that, that cadence or that momentum in becoming an innovative organization. So we looked at, you know, what's the low hanging fruit? You know, where could we make incremental improvements? Um, what kind of outside talent did we need to bring in, was it consulting, was it vendor support, was it additional software, and then we package that up into a business case with, you know, here's the ask for FTE, which is a lot of our project budget. Um, We added 12 FTE to support project in the back end, so whether it's, you know, freeing someone up out of the operation side to work on the project or the credit group, um, really enable them the space and the, the time and uh, focus to work on investing those functional areas. And then we, you know, brought it to the the board and our executive and, you know, with some pretty lofty transactional, um, goals in terms of efficiency and return on investment. And and we got approved and then we're off to the the races that were, and we're, and we're still, still have a month and a half left technically in the project plan, So we're, we're just finalizing the last couple of releases, but it's been a, a pretty fast paced, uh, 22 months. It sounds
0: like it. And it's exciting that you're you're almost at the end there. So so a lot of the times when a new project like this is introduced at a company, or when current processes are, you know, put under the microscope, a lot of the people on the team, you know, might feel scared of that change, or they may imagine that their job may be threatened in some way. Um, Did you experience anything like that at the beginning of this project? And if so, how did you handle it?
1: Yeah, I would actually. You know, it's a bit interesting. Our, our first hurdle was really skepticism. Um, you know, skepticism with our managers and our staff. Um, over the history of the company, there's been a lot of talk about making improvements. Um, you know, adding solutions and bringing the company forward. It, it just hadn't happened. You know, circumstances being. You know, whether there's the company had been sold or had a new owner, or you know, different economic cycles, all seemed to always derail those those visions. So it was really key for us to follow through um, and follow through early um, to start to get that, that leadership team on board, um, to see results, to, to understand that, yes, we're actually gonna do this, um, we're gonna invest the time, we're gonna invest the money, we're gonna invest in you, uh, and, we're, and we're gonna execute this project. And, and we involved them early, even before the business case was done. So, you know, as we, part of the business planning um, cycle, we were looking at um, with our vendors, you know, a lot of discovery sessions. Okay, what are we underutilizing? How are we not using the system properly? Um, what's new that we haven't deployed yet? Um, and really got them engaged in that process so they could start to see the opportunity. And then, you know, as they became engaged, as we got a few wins, even before we started the project, that you know, there were some simple things where, you know, that's just a configuration item we take care of for you guys now. And you kind of built that credibility in that that buy-in with that group, and then that filters down, right? So once you get your leadership bought in, your frontline managers are bought in, you know they can share that with the, the staff. Staff start seeing results, um, you know people, you know start to gravitate to the project, and they, they get some momentum on own, which is great. Um, and, and you can kind of leverage, you know, change. I mean, if you either use it or I mean, it can use you. So you know, a lot of the inefficiencies in the organization, staff don't like them. You know staff want to contribute they want to be you know value add um they don't like you know tend up to like the administrative tasks those are the same frustrations you're trying to eliminate in the project that's how you're going to drive efficiency so there's there's alignment there i think it's just leveraging that and and especially when you're communicating explaining the change you know doing that impact assessment you know and then the follow up you know change communications and, and tying those threads together for first staff and and they'll buy in but um yeah, it really starts from the top down when you when you look at change management and getting that buy-in.
0: Yeah, and I like how you talked about getting buy-in from everybody on the team, not you know, even even the, the employees who it, it impacts on a day-to-day basis and, and just acknowledging their pain points and how you can solve for those. It's fantastic. So, you know, when you are trying to improve something that's been around for a long time, um, you're probably gonna be working with people who are accustomed to and experienced with that status quo, and maybe they're not wanting to change, Um, and then you're going to bring in the change agents as well. How do you bridge the gap between those two groups? You kind of talked about it a little bit already, but um, can you dig into that a little bit more? And can you, have you seen someone who is really comfortable with the status quo kind of transform into a change agent? Is that possible?
1: Yeah, I think it goes to, to mindset, and, and I go to that, that kind of growth mindset. Um, you, know, you know, Critical, especially when we're moving from transition or from manual functions to more technology and systems, um, a lot of that knowledge tends to be in people's heads, right? Maybe you're lucky and it's documented really well, but if you have a very high manual, high touch um, business process, that tends to be very people reliant um and then those SMEs and understand those processes and getting that wild it's really important to to, to execution Um, sometimes that that could be a key you know a a key resource in your project Um, and it really comes to what's that that learning you know what kind of learning perspective they have if they're a lifelong learner and they're a continuous kind of improvement mindset um you know adoption then it's relatively easy right you can engage them in the project Pick up the technology. They'll start looking at what they have, how they can apply to the technology, and you get that, you know, that that synergy. If, if not, and this is often the case, um, you know, very comfortable, you know, how, you know, not comfortable with the technology because that's usually your big hurdle going from manual to, you know, using systems, understanding how do you need to configure a system, and, and just having that working knowledge. Um, you look for people who have, you know, or have the have the skill set and the aptitudes, right? So. You know, I always take potential. So if you have, you know, a willingness to learn, the right skill set, the right mindset, I, mindset, I can teach you the, the skills, or you can pick up the, the skills and the subject matter expertise from those other from those other uh, individuals in your organization. And that's where you start par- pairing people up, right? So, you know, you take that kind of, you know, that future. You know leader in your organization and pair them up with your your SME on the current business process and and you can kind of make that transition sometimes they bring you know everyone comes together with that um but you can definitely you know leverage those two different groups but you know i like those high potential you know individuals are kind of like those gems you can find in the organization in these projects um you don't always know who they're going to be um sometimes you would be really surprised um and some people definitely you know you know, transition. And we actually found we were, um, a lot of the staff were so keen just to improve what they had, that they really bought into learning the technology, getting more comfortable with it. Um, I think pairing them up with other people with the skills also helps. So we brought in a lot of technical resources. So you had technical people who could share knowledge with the business and you get that um, collaboration. Everyone knows more down the road. Um, so now you have people that look at a business problem and kind of understand what the technology group needs to solve it. So now you get a better solution or proposal. Um, they're not asking for things that don't make sense. Um, they kind of can short circuit those uh, that evolution or that innovation cycle, which is great.
0: That's awesome. So earlier on you yeah. mentioned that you added, you know, some full-time employees during this process. Um, and you, you know, essentially had to bring a new team together. Um, I'd love to hear more about how you built the team who worked on this project. What characteristics were you looking for when you're building the team? I know you, you mentioned like finding those gems in the organization. Did any of those things just like seem apparent to you in people or were you said you mentioned that you were surprised by some people. How did you ensure all your bases were covered when you were putting this team together?
1: Yeah, so I think this really goes to your, your project planning, um, you know, starting at the business case and then you know, working with your, your project manager. And I, I probably spent, you know, two months, you know, before we even kicked off the project, you know, working through the project plan, you know, what does that Gantt chart look like? What are all the different project deliverables? You start classifying them, putting them in streams. We organized the project into to multiple streams on, you know, based on system, based on, you know, some business process improvement was one. Um, and then you kind of start looking at what all the attributes and deliverables are in those different box it, buckets. And once you have that identified and framed for your project, you can start to go through and what, what skills do I need? So who do I need to match up with this or, or what am I looking for in terms of you know, stakeholder? Um, you know, It's key to bring in your, bring along your executive, right? So this is a very broad project with, with a lot of scope. So you know, we had credit, we had sales, we had a lot of different executives. That need to buy into the solutions and, and the deliverables. Um, so, who on their team needs to be involved? So, who are those key decision makers, those key stakeholders that are gonna, you know, support those those changes and you know maintain buy-in with with the executive? Um, who's gonna have the technical skills? So, you know, what kind of people you know do we need? So, if we're doing you know uh, auto decisioning, is great. So, if you are doing auto decisioning, you need you know credit analytics. So, you need someone on a team who understands the correct data who understands the decision making engines understands how that kind of technology works and you just start kind of making lists right of kind of what are those what are those skill sets uh and then hopefully you can kind of tr- package them together into to, to people um sometimes you got to put a bunch of different people together right so you might not find someone who has everything which is often the case so you know it's about just making sure you check off all those different Uh, Abilities and and skill sets on your project and bring bring them through. So it it was a bit of a bit to manage because then you start adding schedules and other other dependencies on that, and and you have to be a little bit flexible, and especially on this project because it was so big. But you know, I think you know you can kind of bring it all together, and and as long as you're kind of dynamic, you can you can make it work. But uh, I'd say the one big lesson was just we probably understated the amount of external support. Part of that was just the growth like it just you know things came out of 2020 moving a lot faster than anyone anticipated. So where we thought we'd have enough capacity with with you know nine, 12 backfill, you know turns out we need maybe we need 14, 15 um, people to backfill it and so that was probably our biggest challenge in learning was to, to not maybe under undersize that as you go into this project but uh, otherwise it came together really well for us.
0: That's great. <clears throat> so, you assembled this team all the stakeholders um and you talked about this a little bit already um just kind of enrolling them all in in the project and how did you engage them like how did you sit down with each individual person did you take a different approach depending on who they were did you um can you talk a little bit more about that
1: yeah i think you have to always adjust your approach based on you know on the individual um it definitely isn't you know one one size fits all um, you know, people bring in different backgrounds, different sets of experience. And you need to match that up. So we had a lot of our people had zero project experience. Um, you know, zero experience doing Q and A. Um, just a lot of things that you might take for granted in an organization that's done a lot of projects or has you know a history of you know adoption of technology and things like that. So yeah, definitely keep that in mind when you're when you're working with teams and where you're going to start in terms of onboarding. Um, how much you were going to download, you know, accountabilities for things. So definitely the start of the project, you know, more prescriptive. So, you know, we need to do X and Y as for kind of the first six months and very regimented, um, very kind of fixed schedule that I laid out with the PM. Um, as we onboarded some of those other skills to complement the team. So we onboarded more technical resources. So we filled that gap in say QA and BA and those resources to, to, to support the team. Um, you can kind of start to push down those, those responsibilities and let them kind of take over and, and take ownership. And that's key because this wasn't a linear project in terms of you start with, here's a system, we have to figure out the configuration, we have to test the configuration to play. It was a bunch of little initiatives in every different business function that had to be completed. You know, They all had their own timelines, they had their own dependencies. Um, relatively speaking, they were small. So you needed those teams to be dynamic and and reactive and have accountability. It was You you couldn't manage it as as one leader on the project because it was just too many moving parts, too many different business areas to do that. So, you know, as we got going and people kind of fit into their their groove and, you know, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of growth in the team, all over the team, really. um, People really stepping up, you know, getting comfortable making those business decisions, making those technology decisions. Um, getting comfortable is asking for things, right. And, and, you know, having expectations on what needs to be delivered, how it needs to be delivered. Um, and, you know, I think that's where you just support and, and the team where you can and remove those roadblocks for them. Um, as you do that, it kind of engages down the, down the, the to the frontline staff. So as you're kind of, they engage people on their teams to execute. Um, and it really just kind of pushes down. So I think that, that tone at the top, um, really helps you get that buy-in all the way to the, you know, to, to all levels of the organization. And, and in our case, you know, we really kind that as there isn't anyone who is in, in some way or shape or form impacted by this project. So you might not be on the, the core project team, which was over 20 people, but, you know, you were working within your functional area, testing the software, going through the training. Uh, and so really engaged everyone across the organization and, you know, great support from our communications people and our training people to to make that happen as well.
0: Fantastic. So you talked about, you know, initially taking a more prescriptive approach when getting people engaged in the project, and then, you know, it reached the point where you wanted them to be kind of taking things on their own. You couldn't really give them the direction that they needed because there were so many moving parts. In your opinion, what does it take to really empower people um, so they can reach that level where they're they're making their own decisions instead of relying on, you know, the project manager to be telling them what to do?
1: Yeah, I think that's where your your goals and objectives are key, right? Like really having clear objectives of the project and having them at the right level, right? So we're, our goals are really around, you know, efficiency, increasing, you know, the speed of transactions um, you know, the processing volume per FTE. So as, as the team really buys into those objectives and understands where we are going, you know, they know the business, they know the business processes. So they know how to, you know, where is the win? Where's the, the efficiency going to come from? Um, and then they can just, they can just action it and just keeping that alignment. So, you know, you have to, as a leader, stay kind of at the right level and, and look at that have house, the big picture, understand that, okay, where we're trending is going to get us to where we want to be in, in five years. Like we had five-year goals. They weren't, you know, the end of two years, we're going to be here. In the end of five years, we want to be there. So, you know, is everything lining up there? Are we putting enough of the building blocks in place to do that? That's my role. The team needs to actually execute that at the operational level. Um, and they understand how to do that best in and, and the most effective way possible. Um, and then, as you know, you, you support them. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be problems. Um, you know, the it's about getting your leaders to be comfortable with problems because you a know, project is essentially just a series of problems till they go away. Um, so just you know, reinforcing that, okay, it's a problem. We'll solution it. You know, whether or not we need to change timelines, whether or not add resources, whatever it is. And as they gain confidence and and comfort with that cycle, um, they really take it on themselves and and you know, it's kind of creating that, that safe space for them to, to find solutions to to fail quickly and just fix the problem and, and we move on. Right. So it's creating that culture and that um, that sense of trust in the project. And um, we're all aligned at the objective at the end of the day. And, and you, you really go a lot faster. So um, and that's the advantage. So.
0: That's fantastic. And on the subject of culture. In the press release that announced um, the award that you won from ELFA, uh, your president, Hugh Swandell said that the project transformed your company's culture into one of, quote, rapid, agile, and digital innovation, um, end quote. And the results have included modernized processes, efficiency gains, and system improvements that benefit both the customer and employees. So that right there is huge for him to say that. can you think back to the culture that existed before this project and compare it to the culture that you have today and maybe show some examples of of the cultural shift that that took place
1: yeah and this is going to sound a little harsh but i think it's, it's very true in our case it was you know we were very apathetic in terms of technology so you know we would have a business process you know the organization accepted you know, the system as the system was. Um, and we've moved past that. So, you know, now it's, now it's a tool, right? So you, you're a functional leader, um, you manage a business process, the system's not supporting you in the most effective way. Now those leaders are going to our technology team and going, hey, could we reconfigure this? Or is there an option to do this differently? It would really help us out. I, I, those questions just didn't happen before this project. You know, it was one of the things that that I found it kind of shocking when I came into the organization was going, well, you know, that, you know at this day and age, this kind of business cycle, you, you need to use the technology. And, and if you're not evolving it, you know, monthly, you know, because business is always changing, you're introducing new products, you're really falling behind every single day, and you're just going to become more and more efficient. So so we've really turned that on its head. Um we're kind of entering the phase of now we're starting to get more asked, and we have capacity, so it's a good problem to solve for. Um, but now you got everyone thinking, you know, how do I leverage the system? How can we make it better to to help me with my process? You know, the having a lot of volume and growth is a great catalyst for that. Um, it's a tight labor market; you can only hire so fast. So, you know, you have to be more efficient. Um, so, I think that's a great platform for change, and it's helped. You know, again, it's helped with buy-in, so we've been fortunate that way, uh, as well. But um, yeah, it's night and day, and I think it's also the success has kind of let the organization know, like we can set some pretty ambitious goals, and you know, we can take on new things. We can we can add. I mean, e-signature was just not even a concept that someone thought we could do. Um, So we've we've got digital documents, we've got e-signature integration, we you know, all these things that didn't exist before. So if we can do that, we can you know, do a lot of other things now. And, you know, I, I think that's a great attitude to have as an organization now.
0: For Sure. Yeah. Going from that, oh, well, that's just the way it is <laughs> to yeah. wow. What could I create? What could I have that I don't have now? What can this do for me? That is such a big shift. So there might be people listening to this podcast right now who are listening to your story. And they, you know, might want to implement something like this at the organization that they are at. Um, in your opinion, what's the first step that they can take toward creating lasting change like this at their company?
1: Yeah, I think you need to create a, a a platform for change. You know, called the burning platform. Like how you know the people are very comfortable in the current state, right? And the adage, "It's not broke, don't fix it." Um, so you kind of have to get the organization out of that 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 mindset and like change is uncomfortable and and you need to create a degree of discomfort to really progress uh, and transform the organization. Um, So you kind of have to think about how you're going to achieve that, whether it's, you know, here's something we're going to implement um, because you can use software as a, as kind of a leverage to, to create change. Software doesn't create change, but if you go in with a mindset of we're going to re-architect this business process, we're going to stop doing this, we're going to start doing that, and we're going to use software to do that. Well, now you have a project and a framework to build new business processes, crystallize them in the system, go through the changing, take the organization through a journey and, and end up in a new place. Um, you know, Growth works. I mean, if you're fortunate enough to have that, it, it can kind of, you know, puts constraints and stress on the organization where you know, now we can start looking at efficiency. We have to look at efficiency. Um, where do we go from here? Um, but then you really need to, if you've kind of got that kind of set and how you're gonna tackle it, you really have to start looking at, you know, people. It's like people, process and technology. So you need the leaders in your organization with the vision and the mindset. So really getting, clear as what are we going to do, how are we going to go about it, and you know where are we going to end up in five years or two years or whatever your, your timeline is. And then once you have that place in place, you can start to look at like, okay, those people can now look at the changes we're going to make and start looking at the processes and how they're going to evolve the teams and how they're going to evolve the technology to fit with the teams and the processes. And then you start having kind of a business case and a vision together. And then you can start overlaying that technology lens. Okay, so what are the tools we need to bring into this? And then you kind of have that that story and that narrative together. Um, If you only do one of those things, it just doesn't come together. You you kind of have to look at them all together and and they all stack on top of each other, right? So you need some strong strong leaders in your organization. Um, It's hard, it's hard work. It's, you know, you have to have that conviction that what you're doing is gonna result You know, get to the results. It's going to deliver. Um, You know, it it looks awfully lonely when you're month one of 24. Um, There's a list of deliverables very long. The List of accomplishments is very short. So it gets easier as you go through the project, but you know, you have to have that support at the executive, the board level, that buy-in at the at the top of the house to really invest and stay true to the the ambition and, and and just kind of drive towards it over you know several months and a year but you know don't underestimate the size of you know the resources the investment you need to make um you kind of have to aim big right to kind of move you know a foot you kind of have to aim for three um and, and set some wildly ambitious uh targets for yourself
0: great advice so we are approaching the end of our time here any final thoughts
1: um yeah, I, I think it's a, a really exciting time to, to be working with technology and, and processes. There's a lot of things that have come into the market from other industries and you know, the cloud computing and what that's offering in terms of you know, digitization of documents and other data sources and how you can build that in your processes is really exciting. You know, machine learning and all those things can, are becoming like plug and play now. Um, you know, I think it's exciting enough to hire data scientists to build all this for you now you can find out of boxes. So, you know, getting the, the foundations ready in your organization to kind of take that next data um, data step is, is, is key and I think going to pay up big dividends in the future. So I just encourage everyone to start kind of thinking that way.
0: Great advice. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Michael. It's been great hearing more about your project and everything that went into it. Appreciate your time. Thank you.